Well, typically, I like to, to begin the new year with a, a, a sermon specifically geared towards the new year. I take the time of the new year and New Year's Eve and, and all of it to just evaluate the year. Um, for me, in, in looking at 2016, my first thoughts were, were such of, of, of going to all of the, the hard things of 2016. It was, it was a difficult year in so many ways, in so many different aspects of, of, of things within our family and within, within families within our church. And, um, and then I started to think of the positive things that the Lord did and found myself just overwhelmed with his goodness. In the midst of, of difficult things that occur, if, if we shift our focus onto the blessings in which he's blessed us with, we, we can find ourselves overwhelmed by his goodness and his kindness. I, I went to, to, which I frequently do, is, is I'll, I'll sometimes go and look at old pastors that have died a long time ago and, and, and look to see, like, what did they preach on, on that particular day or in this particular um, time. And so I found myself looking at, at some different sermons that Charles Spurgeon did throughout his life and specifically what he did in, around the new year. And, and a text in which he preached came 124 years ago in 1893 on January 1st. And he preached from Psalm 115. And so I read the psalm and, and, and looked through it and, and studied the sermon in which he preached and and just thought, like, what a great way for us to start this new year with this particular text. If you get an opportunity to read his sermon, it'll be far better than what you're about ready to hear. But, but I felt like, like, like it, it was just a great way to start the year. And so Psalm 115. And his focus was, which will be our focus as well, is on verse 18, the final verse. But in, in the beginning of his sermon, he, he said this. He said, I, I, wish, I wish we all felt more um, really that we were dying men. The sound of, a, of the chariot wheels of eternity should make us quicken our pace. If, if we could often look through the heavenly telescope, see the judgment seat and the great white throne in the heavens and the assembled multitude and yourself rendering up your books of account to the great last examiner, some of you would live far differently than you do. Then he said, God help us to do so. To live differently maybe than what we have been doing. This, this particular psalm, begins with a verse that um, is probably known to many of you. If, if, if you read Shakespeare at all, you know that, that he quoted King or Henry V and, and that in winning battles, Henry V would sing a, a psalm that began with this first particular verse. But it begins like this, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. But to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth, not unto us. 
It begins by, by, by taking us, his people, us who desire to, to live for him, desire to honor him, desire to fight sin. It begins by just saying, not unto us, O oh Lord, not unto us, but to your name, give glory. We want you to be glorified because of your mercy, because of your truth. And then he begins to to go through and and to talk about the pagans, what they believe. Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? Why do they mock us like that? But our God's in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Well, why do they mock us saying, where's their God? Our God, he's in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. It's a great way to think when you're looking at the hard times of 2016 or the hard times of 2015 or the hard times that are possibly ahead of you in 2017. Our God's in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. He's sovereign like that. He's a God who works like that. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. The the pagans, they have their gods, and they're made out of silver and gold, and and they make them themselves. They make their gods. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. You find the the psalmist as the Holy Spirit's inspiring this to be written to saying, the world... They may mock us, but what they live for, they make. The gods that they have, they make. Their gods have no ability to do anything. They may carve these images and have these images in which they worship, but they're the ones that made them. They have mouths, but they can't speak, and they have eyes, but those eyes can't see anything. They have ears, but they don't hear. Noses, but they don't smell. Hands, but they don't handle. Feet, but they don't walk. They can't even mutter anything out of their throat. In our politically correct culture today, it, it's, it's frowned upon to, to, to say about any other religion that it's something that is, is less. And yet we find God doing that all the time, don't we? We find him doing that all the time through Scripture. You, you see it in Isaiah 44 where it says, He cuts down cedars for himself. He takes the cypress and the oak. He secures it for himself among the trees of the forest. He, he plants a pine and the rain nourishes it and then it then it shall be for a man to burn for he will take some of it and warm himself yes he kindles it and bakes bread indeed he makes a god and worships it he makes it a carved image and falls down to it he burns half of it in the fire and with that this half he eats meat he roasts a roast and is satisfied he even warms himself and says ah i'm warm and i've seen the fire and the rest of it he makes into a god his carved image He falls down before it and worships it, prays to it and says, deliver me for you are my God. Part of it he cooked a roast with. The other part he worships. God said it doesn't make sense at all. 
But for us, it's not like that. He says, oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. For us, God's people, trust in him. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, the priest, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You see the psalmist just presenting this gigantic view of who God is. And regardless of whatever you're going through or whatever you're about to go through or whatever unfolds for us in 2017, trust him. Trust him. He's your help. He's your shield. It it says it over and over again. All of you who fear him, trust him. He's your help. He's your shield. This is who your God is. This is who you serve. He's your help and he's your shield. It doesn't get better than that. The Lord has been mindful of us. He'll bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. He'll bless us. You, you hear again in, in Revelation 19 as we go into eternity that there's this voice that comes from the throne saying, praise our God, all you servants of those who fear him, both small and great. Same phrase that you find there in Psalm 115 as far as bless He'll bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. From the littlest kids to adults. From those that would be considered the least within the kingdom to those who would be considered the greatest. Those who fear him, he'll bless. And you find them in Revelation 19, all of them. Praise our God, all you servants, all those who fear him, both small and great. And then then you hear this voice of this great multitude. The sound of of many waters and the sound of mighty thunderings. And and all of them together, both small and great, everybody that is there saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. It's just radical. Power that is there as you as you just see God's people that are all there before Him, and it sounds like many waters or mighty thunderings, all of them together, which will be us through the work of Christ upon the cross and faith in Him. All of us will be there in that final and in, in, in that day, saying Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Truly he is the one who is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. We will recognize that in eternity. Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Goes in verse 14 to say, May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made the heaven and earth. The heaven... Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to the children of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, praise the Lord. 
The dead have no ability whatsoever to praise the Lord. Those who have not entered into eternity with Christ, but have died in their sin. They have no ability to praise the Lord. None who go down in silence, but us, us here on this morning, us here as we begin 2017, we do. We have the ability to be here on this morning and throughout the days of this year and say, we will bless the Lord. We will praise him like that. We will, we will praise him. We will bless him. We will worship him from this time forth and forevermore. And then it says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We will bless him from this time forth. The idea of time, the, the idea of, of being there and, and, and looking at what are we able to do at this particular time in our lives, and that is to praise him. I pray that, that 2017 would be a year of us praising him, of us blessing him, of us looking at whatever comes our way and worshiping him. What should that look like? The praise that should come forth from us as a congregation should come forth from our hearts. The way in which we bless him should come forth from our hearts. There's the right way to praise him, there's the right way to bless him, and there is the wrong way to do that. In in Matthew 15 and verse 8, God says, These people, they draw near to me with their mouth. And honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. They they come near me with their mouths. They honor me with their lips, but their their hearts are are far from me. As we approach this day in the days that follow. I pray that we would examine our lives and and, and think of our hearts, not just what's coming forth out of our mouths, not just the way in which we sing songs, not just the way that we speak our Christianese of what we are supposed to say, but to evaluate our lives and to think of it and say, are, are our hearts near him from this time forth and forevermore? Does he have more than just the lip service that we give? Are our hearts near him now and forevermore? In Psalm 86, verse 12, the psalmist says, I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. We find it coming up over and over again as far as that forevermore. And not only that, but in this text, it's with all my heart. 
It's a praise that, that, that is genuine and it's real and it comes from our hearts to the living God. I pray that that would mark every day for us. Every day of 2017, looking at it and saying, from this time forth and forevermore, I want my heart to be in a place where I am just treasuring him and blessing him and honoring him and living for him and, and, and praising him with all that is within me from all my heart that it's going forth towards him. He's worthy of that. It's to come forth from our hearts, but it's also to be something that comes forth from our lips. You may be someone who is more on the quiet side. You may be someone who, who is more standoffish, to where you, you're, you're less likely to be vocal and to, and, to, and, to, and to speak what's going on inside your heart. But I would encourage you that from this time forth and forevermore, that it would be also the fruit of your lips. It wouldn't just be something where you're treasuring him within your heart, but it would be the outflowing of what comes out of you. In Psalm 34 and verse 1, the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You get the idea here that the psalmist is saying it's, it's continually in my mouth. The praise, the blessing, the adoration, it comes forth from my mouth. I'll, my soul is going to make its boast in the Lord. I'm going to be telling people about what he's done in me. The humble will hear of it and they're going to be glad. And then you hear the psalmist just say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Do this with me. Let's do this together. Let us exalt his name, the psalmist says, together. Let's do this together. In Psalm 63, in verse 3, it says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. It's coming forth from my mouth, the blessings that come from me towards my God. It will be something that's not simply in my heart, but it is also being poured out through my lips. I pray also that, that the way in which we bless him from this time forth and forevermore would be done in such a way that there's reverence and awe in it. The way in which we think about God. I pray that, 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 that daily, on a daily basis, from this time forth and forevermore, our view of God would be such that we would bless him with reverence and awe. You, you find it in Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. I pray that, that we would approach him properly. I don't know that we can even do that as far as the way we ought to approach him. But I think we know what he's saying in the text. That our view of God should be such that, that we adore him 
that there is reverence for him in such a way that it's not simply that we sing songs to him or talk about him as if he's far and distant or if he's small, as if he's small. Because he's, he's not small, is he? May we approach him with reverence and awe. Not only with reverence and awe, but may we also approach him in this year blessing him, praising him with joy. With joy. As you go through and you study worship in, in Scripture, as you go through and, and, and you read the ways in which people praised him and blessed him, it is with joy. The psalmist says in Psalm 98, verse 4, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice, and sing praises unto him. Think about the way in which you approach him. When you're blessing him from this time forth and forevermore, Regardless of circumstances, regardless of, of trials or tribulations or whatever it is that we are going through, I pray that, that we would be blessing him with joy in our hearts. That, that, that is one verse amongst hundreds and hundreds of verses of us being filled with joy as we bless him. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Bring, break forth in song. Rejoice, sing praises unto him. If you found yourself more melancholy in 2016, or the years coming up to it, may 2017 not be like that. May there be joy in our hearts from this time forth and forevermore. May we also praise him, next, as those who are fully satisfied in God alone. From this time forth and forevermore, may we find ourselves satisfied in him. When you think of our God and you think of the one in whom we're praising, he cannot be improved upon. He has not withheld any good thing from you. His love has been poured on you. His grace has been poured on you. The forgiveness that we have in him is complete. And so I pray that the way in which we praise him is one in which we are fully satisfied in him alone. In Psalm 63, in verse 5, the psalmist says, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. My, my soul is satisfied in God alone. It's not, I want to do this so I can get this, or I'm going I'm to praise him so that he'll do this for me, or he'll accomplish that in my life. We do it because we are satisfied in him alone if if nothing in our life changes, or even if it gets worse, we're satisfied in him. The next thought I would encourage you with is that you would worship him with your thoughts. The way in which you think 
In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, you hear Paul say, I I will pray with the Spirit, and I'll also pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit, and I'll also sing with the understanding. We, We are to understand the truths of God's Word and what it is that He's done for us, and have it be where the way in which we praise Him comes forth from those who understand, we understand doctrine, we understand our salvation. We understand who our God is. We understand who we are. We understand what his plans are for us. We understand these things, and it brings us to a place of praising him. We understand truth. Jesus said in John 4, 23, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. There must be that truth of the knowledge of who God is that, and, and, and what he's accomplished for us and the, the position that we have in him that fuels and drives our praise. The way in which we sing, the way in which we think, the way in which we talk of him. Our worship of him should be worship that comes from us in our entirety. Not segments of our lives in which we come to church and we worship him with all that is within us. Or during the time of song, that's when we're going to really sing and worship him. But something that, that is the outpouring of our lives. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I wonder how many people listened to Spurgeon on January 1st, 124 years ago, and took it to heart. When he said, I wish we all felt more like we were dying men. sound of chariot wheels of eternity should make us quicken our pace. If you could look through the heavenly telescope and see the judgment seat, the great white throne in the heavens and the assembled multitude and yourself rendering up your books of account to the last great examiner, some of you would live far differently than you do. God help us to do so. I wonder how many of them listened to that and thought, I'm making changes. I'm making changes in 1893. They're all gone. Every one of the people that were sitting there in that congregation are gone. Every one of them. But I wonder how many listened to him and thought, how much time do I have? I mean, if I have 70 years, it's not enough. I wonder how many of them sitting there listening to this sermon in 1893. They had no idea, but that was, that was the last year. Surely there were some of them. It was their last year. And him saying, the sound of chariot wheels of eternity should make us quicken our pace. It ought to make us think Differently. Think differently about taking our bodies and saying, 
My body is a living sacrifice to you, God. It's, it's yours. I want it to be holy, acceptable. This is the most reasonable thing that I can do. I assure you that when you are in eternity with the Lord in heaven, you will find praise to be the most reasonable thing that you could do. You will probably wonder why you did not do more of it when you were here. May we think of this, and from this time forth and forevermore, may we bless him. Even in difficult times, Job says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Though he slay me, and we know for Job that Job felt like he was slayed. Some of you maybe feel sometimes like you have been slayed. Nevertheless, we, we will trust him. There in the beginning of this particular psalm, you hear, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. One of the greatest ways in which we worship our Lord is the way in which we trust him. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I think of Paul and Silas, and Acts 16 tells us that there is this multitude that rose up against them. These magistrates, they tore off their clothes. That'd be bad enough, right? At least for me it would. And then they were commanded to, to beat Paul and Silas with rods. And then they laid many stripes on them with whips. And then they threw them in prison. And then they fastened their feet to the stocks. That's a bad day. Right? It's a, that's a bad day. Clothes get torn off. They beat you with rods. They whip you brutally. And then they throw you in jail. And they put you in the stocks. But at midnight that day, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Radical. Who does that? Who at midnight just starts praying and singing hymns? Those who, who know their God. Those who trust Him. Those who worship Him even in the midst of the greatest difficulties, they worship him. They know him. Spurgeon said in in this particular sermon, go on praising him. If he shall take you up to the bed of sickness, if every limb shall be a mass of pain, if every nerve shall be a highway for a crowd of pains to travel on, yet still go on blessing and praising and magnifying him, for this is his due and when we've praised him best and most, we have not gotten him what he deserves. Even with the detail of 
Every limb is a mass of pain and every nerve is a highway for a crowd of pain to travel on. Bless him. Go on blessing and praising and magnifying. This is his due. And when you've praised him best and most, you still haven't given him what he deserves. But from this time forth, may we still bless him like that. This is why we were created. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. 1 Peter 2.9. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You exist for this. You exist to bless him and praise him from this time forth and forevermore. Praise him. May we do that. May we praise him for his mercy and praise him for his compassion. May we praise him for his holiness and praise him for his faithfulness. May we praise him for his love. May we praise him for the cross. May we praise him for our redemption and for our forgiveness and for our adoption and for his word that he's given us and the wisdom in which he's given us, the blessedness of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us, the blessedness of the church he surrounded us with. May we praise him because he's a promised covenant keeper. May we praise him for his greatness and praise him for his strength and praise him for his majesty and praise him that he leads us and praise him for his provision and praise him that he has made us his own special people to do that. I pray that from this time forth and forevermore that we would make it our aim to give him his due, which is praise. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you for the way in which, oh Lord, you just make it so clear in your word that you are all powerful. You do whatever pleases yourself. You you deserve all the glory. It's not to us, it's not to us, but to you belongs the glory. And you tell us, Lord, all of us to trust you, to trust you. You are our shield. You are our help. And that from this day forth, even forevermore, it is your due, it is proper, it is right for us to bless you, for us to praise you, for us to joyfully sing songs unto you and tell of your wonders to the world live our lives in such a way that we're living sacrifices for you. We've given ourselves to you entirely. Living our lives in such a way that we're trusting in your promises and hoping in you, proclaiming the good news and living in such a way to exalt you even in the midst of trials or tribulations and to give thanks when things are plentiful. I pray, Lord, that we, your people, from this day forth and forevermore would praise you like that. Do that in my heart, Lord. And do that in the hearts of all the saints who are here, that you would find great joy through the praises of your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.